What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. This is Ben Curtis, one of the pastors here at New Vision. And as we continue studying through the gospel of Mark today, I'm going to be reading from chapter 13, verses 14 through 23. And I'll be reading from the New International Version. When you see the abomination that causes desolation, standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the housetop go down or enter the house to take anything out. Let no one in the field go back to get their cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this will not take place in winter, because those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning when God created the world until now, and never to be equaled again. If the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Messiah, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So be on your guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. Well, yesterday, Cloud did a great job of just kind of setting up the context for this chapter. And one of the comments that he made is, we need to spend less time and less energy on the things that we don't understand and more time and more energy on the things we do understand. So I'm going to do just a little bit of a review because all this is just kind of one unit of this entire chapter. And it's very can be kind of confusing. So if let's just go back and remind ourselves, the whole conversation begins when Jesus and the disciples are leaving the temple. And as they do that, one of the disciples looks back and says, hey, look at all these wonderful stones and these wonderful buildings, how magnificent they are. And then Jesus responds, a day is coming when this temple, this beautiful temple and all of this will be decimated. And those giant stones that you're looking at, they're going to be leveled to the ground. And historically, uh, 40 years later, in 70 AD, that's exactly what would happen. General Titus marches in with his army. He surrounds Jerusalem. He besieges it, goes in for the kill, and just completely levels the temple in the process. So much so, Josephus, the Jewish historian, says if any visitor went to the temple after it was destroyed, they could hardly believe that a temple once stood there. So later, uh, on the Mount of Olives, four disciples, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, uh, they're still thinking about all that, and they ask a question. They say, when will the temple be destroyed, and what will be the sign that the end times are here? So that really two questions. And Jesus' disciples, you know, if you kind of read into that, they interpreted the Old Testament in a way uh, that did cause them to connect the fall of Jerusalem with the initiating of God's new kingdom, the Messiah's reign. And so they believed this battle would go down and in the heat of the battle, Messiah would come and overthrow their oppressors and kind of just set up shop for his kingdom. So if we kind of zoom out and look at this chapter as a whole, verses 5 through 23, all of these verses, Jesus is speaking directly to the coming destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. 
And then he tells them some of the things that they could expect in the next 40 years. And he's going to speak to the promise of his return at the second coming as well. But the tricky part is the two things that uh, were mentioned, the, the destruction of the temple and uh, the coming of the kingdom and all of that, that, those things don't happen simultaneously as the disciples thought they would. And and really, as Mark's account here almost makes it sound like it will. Uh, so Jesus uses the real historical events that would lead up to the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. And what I think he's doing while he's describing those events, he's using those events to prefigure a future event that will be similar but worse. And that event will initiate the second coming. And so Jesus is telling his disciples what to expect in these next 40 years, and he's telling them what to, what to expect uh, to us, not just to them, in these last days in which we live. But but none of what Jesus says is meant to lead us down this pathway of just crazy, insane obsession with apocalyptic events to the point, you know, that we want to bust out our laser pointer and our whiteboard and then start drawing prophecy charts and timelines. If we start doing all that, we have completely missed the point of, of Mark's gospel. I think Jesus' purpose really in this chapter is threefold. And you're not going to like this, but but here's what I think. I think he wants us to know that suffering and trial and adversity is coming for the church. And and that just needs to be an expectation that the, the church can embrace. Uh, if we're not experiencing those things, praise God, you know, that's great. But we need to have that as an expectation so that we're prepared when those times do come. But, but in light of everything that's to come, so we, we should expect that, adversity, suffering, and trial. But in light of all that, Jesus is also reminding us in the present that we need to get busy in our obedience to preaching the gospel to the nations. And then I think the third thing, the third reason for this chapter and how it fits in with Mark's gospel is that we as his church should never lose hope. In the midst of suffering, in the midst of persecution, there's a day coming when Jesus will return and he'll make all that is wrong right and he will restore all things. So verses 4 through 13, there are four signs that might make you feel like the end is coming, but it's not yet here. And so, you know, you could also look at these as four threats, right, that might prevent us from fulfilling our mission. And he, and he told us false messiahs, war, that's the first one. Number two, wars and rumors of wars. Number three, earthquakes and famines. Number four, persecution. And Jesus is saying, don't fear. It's not the end yet. And these are just the birth pains, but don't let these threats distract you from the mission. So he moves from something that you'll, you'll hear about uh, in verse seven to something that you'll actually see in these last days here in verse 14. He calls it the abomination of desolation. It's kind of funny that I ended up with this podcast because we have a big FedEx plant going up right next to our neighborhood and it kind of looms over all the houses in our subdivision. And so now I joking, jokingly refer to that as the abomination of desolation. But that's not what this is talking about. Uh, this is actually a term that comes straight out of Daniel chapter 11. Daniel prophesied about a, a specific event where this scandal would occur in the temple in Jerusalem causing the temple to be defiled. And an event like that happened actually in 168 B.C. The Assyrian general Antiochus IV came into the Jewish temple and erected an altar to Zeus. 
So if history revs your engine, you can Google the phrase Maccabean Revolt. You can read more about that. But Jesus actually takes that phrase, the abomination of desolation, and that's something that all of the disciples, that was an event that they would have been familiar with. And he says, hey, this is not just an event that you know of, that Daniel prophesied, that happened with Antiochus, that something in the past. This is also an event that happens in the future. And when it does, it's going to be way worse and the church can know that these things are about to get heated. So the question is, what is the event? And I think Jesus really has two things in mind. I think he has a near event and uh, and maybe a future event as well. The near event that, that I'm sure of was again in AD 70 when General Titus circled Jerusalem, tore down the temple, stood in its place. And, and that makes sense when you read the rest of the, the passage because you read about devastation and persecution. And Jesus told his disciples there in that first century, when you see these things, it's time to run. It's time to get out. Don't stay. I mean, you need to, you need to get out. But unfortunately, some of the Jews did stay. Uh, they, they went against what Jesus said, and they fought, and a million died. And Jesus says, hey, in that day, if you're pregnant or you're, if you have nursing babies, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard to get out quickly, especially in the winter when it's cold and all the, the rivers are flooded. Uh, so, so it's definitely referring to this AD 70 event, but, but also wonder and think, maybe there's something in verse 19 that tells us that something more might be in mind than just this particular event. Uh, because in verse 19 it says, Because those will be days of distress unequaled from the beginning when God created the world until now and never to be equaled again. And so when you read that, you kind of scratch your head and you think, well, wait a minute, it was pretty bad in the Old Testament days when Assyria attacked the northern kingdom and Babylon. I mean, some things, really tough times happened when those sieges took place. Uh, and then you even think about since this event, since the fall of the temple in 70 AD, I mean, there have been some great, just awful times of persecution as the church has struggled. And um, so you just read verse 19 and you just think, you know, it could be pointing to something more, something further. And so using the, the destruction of the temple as a model, I think Jesus is showing us that what the last days, and especially the end of the end, may look like. And, and, and you know, this is the point where we're all tempted to get out our um, prophecy charts, but, but Jesus doesn't want us to go down this path right here. Jesus tells us, uh, both his disciples in that first century, and he's telling us today, I'm giving you these things so that you'll be sober-minded, so that you won't be caught off guard, so that you won't be diverted from your obedience to, to what I've called you to do right now. That's what we need to focus on. And again, if you, I know we've zoomed out a lot. I know I've reviewed and rehashed uh, some of what Cloud said yesterday, but, but I just think it's important for us again and again to see the big picture. If you zoom out and you look at Mark chapter 13 as a whole, there are 19 commands in this chapter. And yeah, there are, there are events that provide the occasion for those commands. And our tendency is we want to focus on the events. We want to focus on, well, who's this and what's that and when is this happening? But the events are not the main point. The commands are. And, and so you have these 19 commands. You also have comforts that, that Jesus is giving 
to his early disciples and us as believers as we face events like this. Jesus says in these last days, we're going to experience all these things, false messiahs and wars and, and rumors of wars and earthquakes and famines and even persecution and suffering. And, and these things will come when we're in this age of the end, um, and, and they'll probably intensify toward the end as we get to the end of the end. But there's also coming a day when our king will return and he'll claim his own. He'll take the kingdom that was already initiated at his first coming and he'll bring it to its fulfillment. He'll put down all injustice. He'll crush all evil. He'll restore all things. So there is hope in that. And that's what we need to fixate on. That's what we need to focus on. Jesus is saying in a roundabout way, I think Mark is saying through his gospel, you focus on obedience to God and you focus on faithfulness and you let God handle the end of the world. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.